You're listening to Story Power, a podcast dedicated to disruptive storytelling. I'm your host, Jen Kinney. Welcome. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Today, we are going to be talking to Daniel Kastner, who is a technology enthusiast and the founder of Ruva. Welcome to the show, Dan. Uh, yeah, Jennifer, it's great to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I am excited to have you on um, for a number of reasons. One, because you are doing something really interesting, and I've never had a conversation with somebody who is doing the work that you're doing. So before we get into what it is you're doing, I'd love to hear a little bit about who you are and and like what about you and your story brings you to the work that you're doing today? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, um, I had been working as an electrical engineer at Ford Motor Company for the past eight years. Um, but it's kind of interesting because I, you know, although that's a really good job and my time at Ford, you know, really taught me uh, discipline and they want to be a company that is at the edge of the cutting edge of new technology. Um, before I got to Ford, there was a period in my life where I was actually more interested in web design um, and building websites, but I didn't have the chops, I don't think, to do that full time, like as a developer. Um, but I've always been interested in what is going on on the internet and specifically like designing websites, but I'm not, you know, people understand I'm not a software person. I'm not a developer myself. Um, so I've always paid attention. And then I, I guess like lastly, what brought me to this project was I saw a documentary called The Social Dilemma, um, which a lot of people have heard of. Uh, I started looking at what was going on at the Center for Humane Technology, which that was the group that put out The Social Dilemma. And I'm a millennial. I have been using uh, social media sites basically since, I mean, some of the most known ones came out either my, probably my senior year of high school. So I've been using these, uh, these platforms for my whole adult life, and I've been watching them evolve over time. And I think I've noticed that there are issues. I mean, I'm tackling, I'm mostly concerned about mental health and addiction with on with social media sites. And I think that I've been addicted myself. So there's yeah. a problem, I think. That's, yeah, that's kind of how I got here. Yeah, it's so interesting because I have to say, like, I have this love-hate push-pull relationship with social media, right? Like mm -hmm. for me, when I started podcasting, and lots of my listeners know this, like when I started podcasting and I went and I put out my first like Instagram post on my podcast page, mm -hmm. I didn't know what this was. Like I'm 44. And so, you know, like I went on this, this page and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to start putting posts out. And after a couple of years, I had 60,000 followers on this one wow. particular page. 
And it was really interesting to me because when I started, I didn't know what influencers were. I had a friend telling me a story about her cousin and how, you know, like her cousin was this influencer and got paid by fashion designers in New York and, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm like, I can't fathom what you're even talking about. Like, I don't even understand. But after spending years on these multiple platforms, I have seen now how they grow and I've seen the good, but wow, have I seen the bad. And 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 so when my husband and I actually watched The Social Dilemma like last year, mm-hmm. it absolutely rocked my world. Like it really changed my understanding. Like I had this like naivete, I think, and trust. And I don't know if part of it's just because of like my age. And I do remember a time growing up without all of these social media platforms, you know, sure. like... I didn't understand the depth and breadth of what could really be done and how things could be manipulated. And so why don't you, because I'm, I'm kind of trying to think through, like, do we start and we just get into talking about Ruva and then we can kind of talk about some of these other issues with social media? I feel like we should, like, tell us about Ruva and then we can go and we can talk about um, some of these other concerns around that. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot there. And I always think it's so fascinating to notice um, even small generational differences of how people use these platforms. And everybody knows that they use these platforms in in different ways. Uh, And I also want to say, and I've said this on my own YouTube channel, I like I'm not anti-technology. I think technology like it can be used for so many good things. It just has to be built in a healthy way. And on top of that, I'm not actually against um, influencers and content creators. You know, you've got your own podcast. There's people, uh, I don't know if I know any of them personally, but you know, there's people making a living um, being content creators and people like stream video games and like, Uh, all this cool stuff okay yeah that i like that's like new media i i'm not against any uh, any of that really um Mm -hmm. what the issue that i see many of them is that and this is where ruva is coming in where uh we're trying to fill a niche where like I think, why should why should my what used to be my personal social media, where it's kind of has this messaging that this is for you and your friends, this is right. for you and your family and your twenty closest friends. Um, that's like the messaging, but actually, there's so much more going on. And I've thought about this. It's like. If you were hanging out with your friends and family in your living room and then every once in a while, like uh, some kind of influencer walked through and was like, hey, look at me. And then like left, you know, we're like letting <laughs> we're mixing things in such a weird way. Oh, um, yeah. And so, hey, you have your small business. You have whatever you're doing. These platforms that you can use to advertise and try to build your brand awesome do that like that's what businesses do but do we have a place where that's not really going on um that's what that's part of what i'm concerned about um 
Yeah, what do you see as an impact relationally? Because it sounds like what you're saying is like we're just constantly inundated with um, brand messaging and there's no real sacred space for relational place. Yeah, that yeah, that's part of it. I mean, I know um, some of these platforms, you know, their goal is to grow. So you can you can be on there, but if you're scrolling along, you know, every so often it's like, hey, check out these other people you might know. Right. And that's just like a strange way to have a space for you and your friends, um, in, in my opinion. So that's like just one part of this. But Ruva, we're, we're talking about um, trying to be a healthy type of social media app. So that's kind of the part where I think there's always going to be a place for influencers and people to share their businesses and their brands. Um, but what else, the other part that's going on, and this is more about what the social dilemma talks about, is the mental health uh, effects and the addictive design. So, you know, if you check out our website at ruva.app, um, you will see we're focused on the design. So you, uh, some of these, um, some of these platforms, they're designed to be addictive. It's not by accident. Okay. So we can look at all these different choices. For example, one of them that's easy to notice is something called infinite scrolling. So that is, as soon as you become aware of it, you realize, oh, wait a second, most of these apps have no stop, you know, and that's on purpose to keep you on the app longer, right? Interesting. So with yeah. Ruva, we took out infinite scrolling. We think that's really unhealthy. Okay. What are some other examples? Because one thing I'm thinking about is like, I watched The Social Dilemma, but I'm still surprised by how many people I meet when I'm talking about it. And I say, oh, have you seen Social Dilemma? They have no, like, they haven't seen it. Some of them haven't even heard of it. Like, let's let's talk about mm -hmm. this in a way where let's assume people haven't seen The Social Dilemma and they don't really understand the ways in which these platforms are created to be addictive. Because it's yeah. like, we hear this thing that it's addictive and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's addictive. But no, it is literally designed to manipulate our brains in a way that cause us to want more. What are some of the ways that you think or, or that you see these platforms doing things that are really harmful? How yeah. is that manifesting and changing our culture? And what is Ruva doing to be different? Yeah. So the scary thing is that there's like, there's so many examples. Um, but so one of my favorite other ones to point to uh, that should be really easy for people to see. And first, you have to buy this idea that um, so there's this there's this thing where they say that a lot of these apps are designed like casino slot machines. And what they mean by that is that when you when you open the app, you don't know what you're going to get. It's like pulling a lever and you and we like that we like the novelty we kind of you, this is all you know subconscious stuff right we're not thinking this on a conscious level but the i think that the research that's coming out is really showing this and the social dilemma 
talks about this slot machine sort of thing. So think of it this way. If you were to open one of these apps right now, could you tell me with any degree of uh, any degree of certainty, like what you're going to see when you no, open that? No, not you at have, all. Yeah. You yeah. have no idea. Um, you might start to see a pattern or something, but honestly, uh, yeah, if I open my favorite big social media app right now, I don't have a clue what's what they're going to show me. Um, and that's the slot machine effect. Um, wow. I didn't hear. I haven't heard this, actually. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't mind right now. Like, I like to use Instagram, actually, as an example um, of this. And they they're actually pretty good at making it seem like this is about you and your friends sharing photos even if that's the case um you still don't really have a good idea what you're gonna see when you open the app so with ruva one of the things we're doing is we're sort of we're really reinventing what um it's not really a news feed um i want to more call it like a home screen um, we're giving people a huge amount of control, really like all the control over what is on their home screen. So when you close Ruva and you come back to it an hour later or 12 hours later, whatever, when you open it, you actually already know whose posts are going to be at, your at the top because you told the app, this is always what I want to see first. Wow. Um, and the idea is that, you know, we want, I think technology can give us a closer connection to our close friends and family. Okay. Um, and so if I allow you to tell the app, I always want to see grandma first. I always want to see my significant other first. I always want to see my best friend, these three people always at the top. And one of the things that we did, and you're, you might love this. We put the those people that you tell to always be at the top, we put them at the top, even if they haven't posted in a while, because this yeah. kind of goes back to some studies about like um, anxiety. And I'm especially concerned about young people. Um, but we know, like, think of think of this, that if if you are trying to be seen on social media, you know, you need to post often. If you yes. don't post for 24 oh. hours, you're basically invisible. And can you imagine what that's doing in our high schools and with young people? So one of the things we did with Ruva is if you make your best friend at the top of your home screen, if they haven't posted anything in who cares how long, they're still, their name, they still show up at the top because I'm telling you, you are not invisible to me just because you have you don't have anything interesting to post right now. That is powerful on a number of levels. Um, one, I think of myself as a parent of two 11-year-olds, and I know that, and they've been homeschooling for a long time, so we have avoided um, dealing with this yet, but I know that a lot of the conversation happening is around the way that social media is, um, 
how would I say this? Just the way that social media is impacting the lives of young children. And so much of what you're saying makes a lot of sense. But then also like for myself and for the work that I do and the way that I utilize a lot of social media pages, I have a lot of people who are working in activism spaces. And some folks are talking about how hustling constantly for this kind of, you know, like, um, I don't want to say attention because that's not the right word, but just hustling to keep themselves in the algorithm and keep them yeah, in, in the sure. feed and stuff and the way that that's contributing to exhaustion and also the commodification of people doing really important work and how that actually is feeding the machine that they're really trying to break down and rebuild. So this is really exciting to hear yeah, I'm just like, Whoo. yeah, you're yeah, you have you need to promote your your philanthropy, let's say. And yeah. but you know, oh, you need to hire a whole person just to post something every four hours or whatever. That's like highly engaging. You need right. to make you know, you can't just have pictures, you need a video, like you need to figure out how to get up there in the algorithm to be seen. I mean, what if so how that would work with Ruva is, you know, you've got your favorite philanthropies. Now we're going to let people make basically like lists of of lists of groups or individuals that they want to follow. Okay, so you would have like your philanthropy list, and mm -hmm. you'd go over there, and you could see the you know your ten favorite th philanthropies. Um, but it's really the way this is designed is going to take away that highly competitive nature of of you know what we're used to wow um oh it's just so cool i mean and i'm totally new to this right like i told you one i edit heavily but also i like the element of surprise as well in a sense like when i'm getting to hear somebody's story and learn about what they're doing but this is just like every layer for me of like it feels more hopeful for me as a parent for example you know, like vacillating between wanting my children to feel connected to the world, but also not wanting them to fall victim to this behemoth, yeah. you know, and this this machine out there. So this sounds like this could be a really amazing platform yeah, for I'll just, kids. I'll, you know what, uh, Jennifer, I will riff on that a little bit more and I respect the fact that, you know, you've got your hands in a lot of different things. And that's, you know, as someone who's been hyper focused on this topic for a while. Um, yeah, it's it's not a game. So there are uh, and this should be very interesting to parents because you were growing up in this digital age. Right. And so you have to figure out what age do the kids go online? How can I do that in a safe way? Um, is there even a safe way? We do want to have like a parental type of thing. We'll, but we're, you know, we're bootstrapping this. We're building this from the ground up. Um, having like a parental control version is in the plans. It won't be at our first launch, like our beta version that we want people to try. Um, but check this out. So there there are stories where uh some young people when they they will post something on social media and if it, it the stories say that 
if they don't get enough likes in a certain amount of time, like they'll post a selfie, they'll actually take it down because they're ashamed. Um, and so one of the other things we're doing is like we're removing the like button because we think it just creates bad incentives um, for why people would post something. Or then you get like in these, you know, you can imagine high school drama, like I saw your picture or someone saw your picture, but you didn't click like, why not? You know, is something going on there? Like how come you didn't right. click the thing or whatever? And <laughs> so, um, so there's just removing the like button um, will be part of this, uh, which we're removing the comment system um, because one of our philosophies is we want we want people to get online in order to get offline. So uh, by removing the comment system, we think that if someone posts something and they need to they need to talk to that person, you know, you post like, hey, who wants to go to the movies on Saturday night? OK, instead of enticing people to keep going back to the app. You post that and then your friends will text you or call you and say like, hey, saw the thing about the movies. What do you want to do? So I think other at other apps, their entire incentive is to get you back on the app as much as possible so you can see the ads and so you can see all the other stuff. So imagine when you post on another social media site, literally what happens in your brain is now you're thinking, I need to open this five minutes later, 10 minutes later, an hour later to see who's commenting. So we just get rid of all of that. If your friends want to talk to you, it's okay to post something to your group, to your, you know, your audience, right? But if they want to talk to you, um, they have a way to get a hold of you. Um, the last thing I want to say, and we can focus, I want to hear some of your opinion on the parenting thing. Um, so, and uh, let's see, I'll start, I'll start by saying, I've said this before, Ruva is not a networking app, okay? There are networking apps. Basically, almost all the social media apps that are out there are for networking. You can meet new people. You have a public profile, okay? Um, you can get friend requests from anybody. Um, I'll bring up LinkedIn a little bit. Everybody knows that's like for professional networking, but even all the other ones are basically like anyone can contact you, right? So with Ruva, we're not interested in networking. We're just interested in connecting you with the people you already know, okay? So uh, you're going to love this. The, the security model that we have is very different. So with Ruva, there is no public facing profile. There's actually no way to search for you. Okay, so Jennifer, you're, you have a Ruva wow. account and I actually can't look you up in any way, shape or form. In order to be friends on Ruva, I have to already know you in real life, know you in some capacity and you get a private link that you can send people if you want to connect with them on Ruva that's all private if and you can like refresh your link whenever you want um but there's no public facing profile so this will this should completely eliminate um random friend requests spam bot 
friend requests, fake profiles. And yeah, it's awesome as an adult, right? But where can you even safely put your children on any other platform? With this one, they will never get a friend request from a fake profile. Um, and that's, and I mean, we already have problems where like on other platforms, you have this public profile. Can you tell me exactly what a stranger can see? Can they see your profile picture? Like, it's so hard to tell exactly yeah. what's going on. So with Ruva, yeah, there's still profile pictures, but no one can see it except your friends. Um, I mean, we still have to say things like, you know, technically nothing's totally private online, right? But that's sure, just sure. more of a general safety thing. But yeah, I can't even search for you. Um, and we really like that idea. It's a, wow. It's an experiment. Yeah. And it's really interesting because even hearing you talk about the fact that this isn't an app for networking, like I feel a certain discomfort in that. And I sit as I'm sitting with it and just thinking like, why am I uncomfortable with that? I realize it's because I have been so trained to see everything as essentially like a networking opportunity. But to hmm. what end and why? And why do I feel that way? So it's been really interesting for me to just kind of sit with that and go, when I think about what Ruva is and what it can provide and, and just that peace and security, because also being online a lot and having an online persona, like it has caused a lot of problems for me. And I know for other people as well with getting people who kind of stalk your page mm. and, you know, it's like you constantly have this gaze of people you don't know, you mm -hmm. don't have connection with. So even thinking about something that is sort of like this safe space is really yeah. intriguing to me. So, so check it out. Um, and I love using, I know statistics are more important, but the anecdotal stories are, are so great to me. So check this out. Um, I had a friend who was using uh, Facebook in kind of a pretty typical way. Like, you know, you have your share of funny cat videos and news stories and like personal anecdotes, okay? And she's, you know, sharing personal stuff about life. Well, then she became a real estate agent and all of a sudden her page was like getting filled and filled and filled with her real estate agent stuff, which I think is super cool. Like, you know, you do you like I, I want people to be successful. But as soon as you do that, all of the personal stuff yes. can no longer happen there. Right. Like, um, so what is she to do? And if you are really a content creator or doing your business, you know you need to be on multiple platforms. So what's she supposed to do? There's no longer this personal space. Um, oh. And so if you're a content creator, uh, especially like a musician, let's say, like yeah. Ruva is not designed for content creators, but it should be the perfect place for you and your family, like your 15 friends. like Oh my gosh. Can we talk for a minute about the relational fallout that comes in mm. social media spaces? I don't know if the social dilemma gets into this specific thing that much, but at the center of humane technology, they continue to put out content about, um, this is all like psychological stuff. So it's like, 
the things that people engage with are mostly stuff about that bring up feelings of anger and these like negative emotions and that's what people comment on that's what people share all that stuff yes, right and yes. it's a much stronger psychological thing than happy stuff so whatever right. we're human um so some people said ruva will never work if you don't have a commenting system but i don't care i think it's an experiment so even if you had those relatives on your that you're on ruva and 90% of what they shared was like personal stuff that was like you know i just got out of the hospital or you know grandma um you know just made a pie who cares whatever it is right. but some personal stuff once in a while that person's still going to share some opinion um <laughs> but right instead of instead of letting people react cuz we all know we would act different if we were face to face than behind a keyboard okay so by creating this is what they call um in software it's layers of friction so we're by causing you if you really need to respond to someone because of what they said you're like i can i have to say something you have to at least open a different app and text them okay so we're adding just one layer of friction i wow. think having the comments right in there makes it too easy for people to not think they get in lizard brain and they're just like that's wrong or it doesn't you know something small and that's those rifts in those relationships you see yeah wow i function a lot in lizard brain like <laughs> i seriously i realize like so much of my online experience is it's like that triggering it's the you know just like getting on being angry getting all riled up you know and I hate it. Like, I really do. I, like I was saying earlier, like, I have this love-hate relationship. The thing I've loved is I've literally made some of my best friends and connected mm -hmm. with some of my best friends on social media platforms. I never mm -hmm. knew them. We didn't necessarily have many people in common. We definitely would have never met. And that is something that I love. And it, it's like that sort of keeps me there. But I'm constantly feeling like I want to also leave. You know, I want to escape the space because of all of these things that you talk yeah. about. Um, so check this out. Check this out on the on the lizard brain thing. So this is this is why I, I want to be able to say that Ruva is a healthy type of social media app. Um, so before before you create any piece of software, especially an app, you need to make sure that what you're creating hasn't been done before. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. Um, so what I started to do was I would go on Google and I would type in healthy social media, healthy social media app, okay? And all I got was, and you can still see this today, it's basically, uh, you'll find a bunch of blogs that, have like eight tips on using social media in a healthy way. Uh, the 10 ways to control your social media habits, okay? So these algorithms, and I'll always say the design, the addictive design is not by accident. Um, you're fighting against this stuff. Well, 
when I was before, like the all the details of Ruva were born, I was looking for there's got to be another way. And all these blogs, they put all the responsibility back on you to adjust your behavior. They say, don't use social media after 6 p.m. or don't use it when you first wake up or limit your time or, you know, any dozen different things. The responsibility is on you to control your behavior, okay? And so what I want to do with Ruva is I want a platform that is so ethically designed that you can feel okay when you use it. You can feel like, actually, there's like guardrails here. And I can feel healthy when I use Ruva because I'm not constantly having to worry that it's going to cause these negative effects. How does that sound? That sounds really good. It sounds really cool. And I like this because, you know, one of the things that I really like to focus on is, and, and all of my guests who come on, you know, we talk a lot about reimagining things in the world, you know, mm. and not just putting up with them because they exist, but actually what are we doing and what steps are we taking to radically change the world for better? And I see this as a really powerful potential for doing that. I want you to be able to tell me anything else that you might uh, have to share about Ruva. And it's interesting because I, I have a couple of different directions I could go in. Um, just thinking about like I could really kind of focus on the app creation and stuff, but I don't know that. Well, I'm you not... know, it's it's a long process um, and it's an experiment just like any any other app. I mean, all I can really do is is ask people to try it. Um, I have had I've talked to a lot of people and I still do interviews with people today um, mm -hmm. asking them basically about their current social media usage. And there's like two types of people. Some people are aware that there's issues and they limit their use of social media. And then some people don't really, they're not aware of any of this. Um, but some of the people who, like I've talked to some people that say, I don't use anything. They'll say, I only use messaging. I stay off of them. And I, you know, even those folks I say, well, you might have your situation totally under control, but if you have any friends or family um, that might be affected by this, Think of Ruva as like a lifestyle choice. So you're going to have, you have like healthy food and junk food. And every day you have a choice of which one, you know, obviously the junk food, it tastes better. It's short term, whatever. I want Ruva to be like the healthy food choice. And eventually you're going to have these people that, are, that say, you know, I choose to use Ruva. Yeah, it doesn't have every single meme video in the world, but... I choose to do this because I know that it's better for me. Um, and, you know, because I've been going to all these webinars with the Center for Humane Technology, you know, really driven by making ethical decisions. And they've got a lot of information about that. Um, and, you know, the other thing I guess I would say is uh, well, a few things, but I just ask people to try it. You know, we are going to we're going to launch in a beta uh, version as 
all the features that we want. We want to add some more stuff in the future that goes along with like mindfulness and uh, there's some cool stuff we can think of, but you know, we're bootstrapping this. So, um, but yeah, please just try it. Um, now there is a whole nother group of people that, and it's so cool. So you're saying, oh, I like to bring people on that want to make a difference and are doing world changing stuff if they can. Uh, now there's a whole nother group of people that when they look at the social media situation, they're more of like the legislative type of people. So there are strong movements trying to get uh, Congress to, to control and change the practices of these big companies. And that's totally valid. You can join that fight too. I'm just an engineer type of person. So I'm more like a builder. I don't know about all the Congress stuff. Like I'm like, let's just make something better. I don't know how to do all that legislative fighting. But those folks are out there. Like they're, if that's your thing, you know, check them out. Yeah, no, I appreciate the humility in that. You know, it's just like, hey, I'm doing what I'm gifted in and what I can do and, you know, and also something that not many people do, building an app. Like, how do you even do that? It takes a team. It takes a team. I mean, the I there are some folks who are have been affiliated with the project. You can see on the website. Uh, everybody who wants to build an app, you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not a coder, okay? So I'm just a design person. The hardest part is probably finding a coder with the same um, passion about solving the problem because this stuff usually isn't cheap to build. And so usually you're like, well, who's got a who's got a bunch of money so we can pay someone to do this? I'm really lucky because I found a software guy who's just as passionate about solving this problem. Um, so yeah, really lucky about that. Um, and yeah, he's like, I think on the website, I'm like, he's the code wizard or something. I don't know. Like, it's That's basically awesome. magic how these folks can do this stuff. Right? Seriously. So I, I want to ask like more of a personal question for you. What was it that inspired you to finally take this step and move forward in this? Okay, I feel like I have a three-part answer. One is I've always had an entrepreneurial uh, spirit. So like I've done and tried and failed other small businesses. Um, I just love doing that stuff. And there's no such thing as a failure because there's always learning experience. Like that's the entrepreneur yeah. thing, right? Like, right. Um, so that is super fun for me. Um uh, that's part one. Part two is if I could, I mean, I would make a career out of this. Um, I think there's a way to have a no ads platform that still benefits the users and like would give me a career. Um, so being honest, like, yeah, that I hope I can do that. I, I'm not building this as like just a straight like philanthropy or something. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So that helps motivate me somewhat. Um, 
And then the last thing is, uh, so yeah, like, was there a point? I think it, like I said, I think I have been just as much of a victim of all this stuff. I know that I've had addiction to some social media platforms. I know I've had trouble focusing because of these. Um, it's just like you described. It's like a love-hate relationship. I love it, but I waste time on it. How, you know, so there is the part that like I wanted a solution, but for some, for whatever reason, I had a vision of like what a healthier platform could be. Like I could see it all in my head. I'm like, if it was just like this, this would solve 90% of the problems. And then I went on a search to see like, does this exist? Does, and I, you know, I was searching, searching, searching. I tried a whole bunch of different platforms and it just didn't exist. Uh, and I think that's when you know you got to try to build it. Uh, when you have such a strong vision. Yeah, that's <clears throat> awesome. You know, and I just sitting here thinking about social media, like why are we drawn to social media? What are we hoping to get out of these connections that we are attempting to forge in these online spaces. And I mean, initially, I would say that for myself, you know, a person who is passionate about community building and human connection and bringing people closer together in a sense, one of my deep frustrations is the way that this vehicle is also being used to tear people apart. Mm. And so I'm very concerned about the trajectory of humanity right now. And I'm very burdened by the deep and seemingly almost violent uh, division that is taking place. And especially after watching the social dilemma and realizing the way that governments can actually change people, you know, and create strife, just even politics, right? Like thinking about that. And so the idea, you know, as somebody who is a peacemaker, an active peacemaker in these spaces, I have really lost hope in a sense that like anything is really going to change. And so talking to you and just hearing about this vision you have and what you're building and what you're working on really gives me a sense of hope for something different to really come about and change. And that is, you know, just something that I'm sitting with in this moment. Like this is really cool and really hopeful for me, you know, for my children, because I worry about like, how it is tearing us apart the way that these platforms exist and continue to exist, you know? I don't know if that resonates with you at all or if you've seen that or if maybe that's even some of the things that's inspired you to to change this narrative. You know, I would think of it in the in the category of online bullying. So yeah. usually we think of online bullying as just like a middle school, high school thing or something. But even when you have, and I want to hear more about the peacemaking thing, but I think of like, you ever go on a platform and there's a news article, like some news agency has their 
feed and they post something and then you have all the comments underneath it and um if you've ever tried to engage in those like sometimes you are sitting there thinking i am like a reasonable person i'm trying to smooth the waters or just add (laughs) some context and it's just like going into a dog fight yes it is oh yeah absolutely (laughs) and like is how many how much i wonder like how much time and resources does that cost humanity even just Mm. to spend their time fighting about that stuff how many people have been like their heart rate went up and then the rest of the day they were kind of on edge because they spent five minutes on a forum arguing with someone who might not even be a real person. Right. Or not really a bot, but like just a straight up troll of basically like a fake profile. Right. Um, I, I mean, the truth is I don't yet even know the answer to that, Mm. but I do think like what, I do think I at least want this space that is healthy in other ways. I mean, some problems, yeah, I don't know the answer. What do you do? Like turn off commenting on news articles? Uh, I I don't know because like people do need to talk about stuff. But yeah, is that something you've done is gone into conversations thinking you're going to add some nuance? Oh, of course. I I have put in my hours probably if i added them all together it would equal weeks or months you know really trying to thoughtfully engage people and my um my patience is not as good as it was you know mm-hmm. and it's something that i kind of sit with like is this a product of just the kind of work that i do and the constant engagement and things like that or is this Because I have been sort of trained now to see certain people as enemies quicker, Hmm. you know, because I notice sometimes the way that I respond to somebody, I'll just, you know, I'll be in the lizard brain. Mm -hmm. And then if I step back and take a moment, I'm like, okay, why did I respond that way? Why am I so quick to do this? Like, I feel like I'm being changed and manipulated Mm. through these algorithms, you know? And yeah. it's it's kind of wild to sit with and think about and like, hmm. You know, one of my experiences that I think like I've noticed myself doing to other people. Um, and so I can, yeah, kind of be humble about that is uh, I think one of the things that's happened for some of us who spent a lot of time online is we end up seeing these patterns and then it's like, if someone has some particular view, then yes. because you've seen these patterns over and over, you can jump to conclusions about yes. other things they probably think. And then we categorize people. Yes. And if we, I guess I can say, like I've spent less and less time in those types of forums, if that's what you want to call them as well. I think I'm healing by removing myself but I think that has affected me so now in real life at the coffee shop or something if I find out 
somebody's view on one topic, the result is that I will assume their view on a bunch of other topics because that's what I've seen online over and over and over. And it will make me prejudge people. Uh, And yeah, that could be like, I mean, I still, we have to lean on statistics, but that could be a real, real societal effect of too much time online. Don't you think? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I see that. Like, you nailed it there with you the whole, you do, you start to see patterns. Topic, and if I know your opinion on that, yes. I can <laughs> assume your opinion on all the rest of them. And you and I probably know that's a lot of what we experience online. But I don't think that that is the typical person you encounter on the street. Whew. This is this is really some food for thought for me. I really appreciate this conversation. So before we wrap things up, I want to ask you, um, how do you, because you mentioned your healing, what are some things that you think people can do or just through your own experience, what have you found to be helpful for healing in this day and age with social media? Uh, one of the things that I've done more recently is, um, I've tried to do more video chats and phone calls, um, with, you know, friends, um, or, I mean, I've suggested it with some folks that I've either known or met online. And I say, you know what, like, let's jump on a zoom call, like just for 10 minutes, it will be much more productive And like, you know, you can see the person's mannerisms and all this other stuff. Um, That's been cool. Um, If it feels risky to you, I don't know, find a way to do it in a slightly more anonymous way if you can. I use Google Meet actually more than Zoom. Um, And sometimes I've found out that someone really isn't interested in having a real conversation because they'll be like, no, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to do a, a zoom call. And it's like, well, you seem really passionate about this topic. So I'm offering to like, let's talk. And if they won't, then I almost feel like they show they were just in it for the sport or something. Right. Uh, It's a vulnerability for sure. Right. Like I've been doing, I've been doing that. Um, I guess basically over the past year, just going right to Zoom calls. And it has been weird. I have made, I'll just say, there's two like really good friends I've made through the internet. And I'm not, I'm not sure I ever imagined that would happen. Like they don't live near me. They live yeah. across the country. And I'm like, that person is like, Ah, they're like a great friend, even though all we do is talk online. It's really cool. Yeah. I've actually met a number of my people that I've met online Mm. in person now, you know, and that has been such a wild and cool experience. Like it's really, really been a beautiful thing. 
Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with us about Ruva before I ask people or ask you, you know, where people can go to find and follow and download the app and all of those things? Is there anything else that you want to share? It's going to be awesome. Um, I just say, you know, try it out and yeah. remember that we're launching a beta. Okay. So it's going to have all of the minimum features that we need. Um, we do have plans to add some other cool stuff, but you in this world, you know, you can only add, you know, build one thing at a time. And we also really want feedback. Um, something I haven't gotten a lot of. We had an alpha version where some people tried it out. Um, I, hey, you know, if you care about this mental health in regards to social media, um, let us know what you think. So then um, where can people go to learn more about the work you're doing and about Ruva and how to sign up and get ready to try out the app? Yeah, you can go to www.ruva.app. And, and how so do you spell Ruva? R-U-V-A, R-U-V-A dot app. And that's not, that's just the website, okay? So if you go to ruva.app, it's just, you'll see our landing page. You can, the landing page has a little bit about the app. And then there's kind of some more sections where you can dive a little deeper uh, we've taken a survey with the Center of, of Humane Technology or Center for Humane Technology that kind of covers a bunch of the areas they're in, interested and worried about. Um, so we took a survey with them. If you go to the website, you can find out more about Ruva. And uh, the other thing I tell people is so from the website, you can see links to like all our socials. Okay. Um, if you want to know a lot more, go to the YouTube channel. I've okay. made maybe close to 50 videos describing more in detail about how Ruva is going to work. Okay. So if you're really interested, go to the YouTube channel and there's a bunch more content on the details. Okay. Uh, that's an awesome way to follow this. So like subscribe wherever you subscribe to stuff. And the the best thing to do is put in your email address on the website, put in your email address. And uh, you'll I'm not spamming people or anything, but you'll get an update like when we launch basically end of October, early November. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity. Mm -hmm.